today we are with Mr. Ryan. Um, Mr. Ryan, would you be willing to share a little bit about what you do with us? Sure. Um, so I am a middle school technology education teacher, um, which is kind of a, a cool job. I really, really enjoy it. Um, so I teach, I'm certified to teach anything from woodshop to robotics to programming for you for in laser cutting. Um, but specifically, I teach an eighth grade robotics course. I teach an eighth grade design course where um, we design things, make a mess, break stuff, but also learn the science behind it. And then I teach a sixth grade um, technology education one class where we learn about simple machines using Legos. All right. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, so the first question I have for you is what happens if a fight were to break out in your class? What plan do you have? Okay, so actually I don't have any uh, experience with this, um, but it, it, it's a very good question, especially for first-year teachers. Um, and I would say it kind of the case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. um, it would depend on the scenario, um, the students uh, in my environment. Um, my environment can be in a woodshop where there are potential dangerous tools being used. Um, so if it's in one of my classes, uh, I have a fairly decent rapport with them, um, and depending on the students, I would either get between them, um, kind of pull them out, and obviously call the office um, to try and get either an administrator or the, um, is we have like a, a kind of, it's called like an SRO. Okay. Um, so they're pretty much like a police officer in the school mm -hmm. that resource for us. So I'll call the office to try and get um, our SRO down to help us, or an administrator down. But I would definitely try to break up the fight if possible, if not make sure I can get everybody else out of harm's way. Okay. Um, what about, what happens if a student gets sick in the middle of a lesson or in the middle of the classroom? Um, so if they get sick, so I teach middle school, like I had said. Um, so depending on exactly what the sickness was, like if maybe they had vomited or whatever, well then I would immediately give them a trash can, send them, maybe walk them down or have a friend walk them down to the nurse and I would obviously get a hold of the office slash call the nurse and say, hey, I have a student coming down, um, just a heads up, this happened, um, and also call the uh, custodial team to try and help me out to get this cleaned up as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so in my field placement this semester, I've had lots of instances where students are giving inappropriate comments or answers. Um, how do you react to that? So maybe this is through cursing or just doing things to get attention. How would you respond? Um, again, that's a very good question, especially for new teachers. Um, again, and this is kind of maybe a little bit more um, non-normal. Um, out of the norm a little bit, especially in my realm. Um, with I have I have a wide variety of students. I'll see almost the entire student body. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of going to be like a case by case basis. Um, if I know the student and it was like a slip, um, that I like, hey, I would nip it in the butt really quick, nip in the butt really quick, and then move on. Um, if it was something that was obviously very very obscene to be taken care of, then I would either try and do it one on one. Um, have hold them after class, but I definitely would not try and dwell on it too much in the time because that kind of gives them the negative attention that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So my best piece of advice would probably try to ignore it okay. and stop it as quick as you possibly can and then address it 
as needed with that individual student based upon their needs and the relationship with that student. Okay. Okay. Um, what about how do you handle defiance? So some students, you tell them to do something and then they flat out tell you they're not going to do it or they just sit there and don't follow the directions you gave. Okay. So again, it's a very good question. I actually had a student recently um, who I went through this with. Um, again, every, all these questions so far are kind of like a case-by-case -case basis. It depends on um, your relationship with that student, mm -hmm. um, the age of that student, um, and what class you're teaching. Obviously, it's going to be different if you're an elementary school um, teacher where you see them all day. Um, I have five different classes, varying age groups, varying levels. Um, my one piece of advice is to try and find some kind of carrot or something um, that motivates them mm -hmm. um, and then utilize that. Like I had one student where we use Legos in my class. All he wanted to do was build with Legos. Well, I kind of made the deal that uh, he had to do my work, which I did modify and shorten the assignments or maybe made them not as uh, comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if he that day, if he was on task, doing all of the work, and it was doing it at a pretty decent level, then the last three to five minutes, I let him free build with the Legos. So I let him kind of take a, take a little mental break, um, kind of collect himself and do something he wanted, as long as he was able to do my work the way I wanted it at first. Okay, so that was kind of using that, like, if-then statement. So if you finish your work, then you can go play with your Legos. Correct. Okay. And, uh, I was at a sixth grade level, and I found that pretty useful. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we do it also with eighth grade students. Um, if, for whatever reason, they're, really, they're not into, into school too much, maybe they have some behavioral issues or they're um, a, a lower level, we use our eighth grade electives. Like, hey, if you're going to be good, um, we can work out a deal where maybe you come in and help out in the wood shop where you help mm -hmm. uh, do tasks or whatever. And that really is the motivator for them because they want to do this. This is what they like to do. Um, sometimes when our specialty, this is the only um, thing the students actually want to come to school for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so I feel like this is something that would definitely happen in, or could could happen in your classroom is what happens if there's a medical emergency? So you said you have wood shop tools in there. So what happens if a student injures themselves? What, what do you do in that situation? Uh, again, very good question, and one of uh, my biggest fears, especially in uh, my content area. Um, the biggest thing, obviously, is if someone comes to themselves or whatever, um, I have to make sure that it's contained. So, for example, one of the biggest um, biggest causes of injuries, uh, believe it or not, is an X-Acto knife, which is a really high-tech piece of equipment. It's just a razor blade on a stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then don't think to hold it like a pencil with the blade and they end up cutting themselves and they're mm -hmm. extremely, extremely sharp. So uh, obviously we have to sterilize the whole area. So if any blood gets on the table, um, we'll immediately I'll give the student paper towels. Um, and then if it's really bad, I'll send them to the nurse. Again, have another student walk with them and call the nurse, say, hey, listen, the students cut themselves. They're on their way down. Um, and then I have uh, kind of like a little cleanup kit where I have gloves, I have, um, Clorox wipes or sanitation wipes, um, and then any of the equipment, any blades, saws, whatever, if they have blood on them, they really have to either get disposed of, if it's like an exacto blade, or if it's on a, um, a big saw, then it has to get disinfected completely. 
mm-hmm. um, before I can. And I would get all the other students away. And if I had to stop work, I would stop whatever we're doing um, and kind of clear the area so no one's around. And especially if it's a very severe injury, mm-hmm. well, then I would um, have one of my other colleagues come in and uh, either take my kids out of the room or whatever and go get help while I stay with the student mm-hmm. until uh, like, uh, the nurse or, God forbid, like um, the ambulance for everything to my student. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another question I have is, have you ever had any problems working with colleagues? Um, and just, I feel like this will happen anywhere. Yes and no. Um, in my department, no. We're all great and all get along very, very well. But in other parts of the building, yes. Um, we definitely have disagreements um, on, on both sides. Um, my best piece of advice would try to try to work it out or try to like have that in mind where you know your guys maybe butt heads or whatever so not avoiding the situation but definitely try not to put yourself in these, into any situations where something could potentially um, cause an issue mm-hmm. um, try not to bring up any conflict if possible I mean, obviously you should definitely try and talk to the person mm-hmm. um, which is what we're all you know told to do and it's the correct thing to do but sometimes the best thing to, best course of action is to not not avoid the situation, but definitely try not to make any situations worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, what do you do if you disagree with a school or a district policy? So, like, maybe your school has a policy that every student has to have homework um, each night. So, what what would you do if you disagree with that? Um, well, especially, like, at first, you, you can definitely have your opinions, your beliefs, or any disagreements. Um, but at the end of the day, it is school policy, and whether you agree with it or not, it is something that you would have to uh, at least comply with for at least for a little while. But you definitely could bring it up at um, a faculty meeting, um, bring it up to your team teacher, your mentor, your supervisor, excuse me, um, or bring it to somebody's attention who you can trust. They have your best interest at heart, or even your union rep, and then they could take it up the chain for you to see mm-hmm. um, what you could potentially do. But I definitely would not try and um, put yourself at risk, especially as a newer teacher. But definitely try and go to somebody who you trust, um, you're a mentor, a friend, somebody who's in your corner, and then talk to them and see um, what they would do. Maybe they can advise you to um, help make a decision and then potentially have some positive change in your school and your school environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we're going back to the students. Um, how do you stop a chatty student from going on tangents when you call on them? That's always a a challenge, especially, um, and not necessarily always in the younger grades, but definitely in my experience with uh, sixth graders, they like to be a little chatty. (laughs) Um, So one, there are a couple of different things I have done in the past. One, um, I give them time at the end of the period. Um, so I always ask them, is there any tech-related questions or any correct questions related to the content or anything we did in class? Um, and then after that, if there's time left, I always ask, if anybody has any irrelevant questions? Is there any weird questions you want to ask that you have the need to? Um, and you really just need to get it out. Um, so I'll usually save like two or two or three minutes at the end of the period to wrap everything up tech-wise and then open it up to anybody has any weird questions they want to ask. And I felt like, I feel like that has definitely helped I said, hey, hold it to the end, um, and that typically has helped with some chatty students. Or if, like, if you've called on them and they're going on for a little while, you can kind of like guide them in the direction where it would be 
um, like, hey, like, uh, maybe I don't know that answer, but I'll get back to you. Or um, if they're in the middle of the store, like, hey, like, we have to move on, unfortunately, but once we get some work time, I can circle back and then uh, I'll gladly hear about your dog or whatever you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So you still think it's important to hear what they want to say. You just try to direct it towards a different time in the day or in the period that you have them. Correct. You know, um, especially in my class, we do a lot of like little mini lessons or stuff in the groups and then there's work time for the students to work on a project or a problem or whatever and that's the time where I, I walk around to as many groups I try and get to everybody as much as possible mm-hmm. talk about them like I was asking what they did over the weekend if we had a long break I try and get around to every student after mm-hmm. okay um what is the craziest thing you have experienced during your teaching career so far um how much time do we have <laughs> as much time as you need <laughs> well uh I'll just do a quick, uh, it was more of a funny story, not necessarily crazy. I mean, I have dealt with uh, school going, uh, losing power in the middle of the day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, had various outbursts, not necessarily in my class. Um, a student uh, who had cerebral palsy has fallen in the hallway, and we're not supposed to help him, so we had to just sneak. Uh, was coming down the hallway and had, like, a shelter in place while he uh, got himself up. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the funniest moments... Um, <laughs> So this is my second year teaching. So when I was student teaching, I actually, I, I student taught and then teaching in the same district. It was my first day of student teaching, first period, first interaction with the students. Um, it was an eighth grade woodshop. The student comes in late, pushing his own wheelchair with two casts on his legs. <laughs> and then he has to walk down two sets of stairs, just two stairs, where he walks down and pushing his own wheelchair. Um, and then we're going around, it's the first day of school, so we always ask, uh, well, at least my, um, my mentor at the time had asked, hey, like, what do you guys, uh, what, how was your sound, like, what'd you do, which I think's a lame question, but he asked it anyway. Um, so we finally get to this one student, and we go, hey, like, what's, like, what do you do with the sound, like, well, he takes his, he leans back in his stool, slams his cast on the, the bench, the workbench, and points to it and goes, I got crippled. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, me not necessarily one of the craziest events, but definitely one of the most memorable and one of the funniest moments I've had so far in my teaching career. <laughs> um, and then we know that a big part of teaching is working with parents as well. So, do you have any stories about working with parents that you could share with us? Uh, yes. So, um, my district is a, a pretty well off district and a very. Um, in a very nice area, so we have a lot of parent involvement, which is good and bad. Um, our PTO is heavily involved, and they really support what we do. So they raise a lot of money for us. We recently just got a laser cutter within the past year based off of um, fundraising that our school has done, um, which is awesome. Um, but on the other side, we also get some overly involved parents who are, let's say, a tag crazy. Um, so in one of my rooms, uh, it's, a com- it's kind of like a dual lab at 24 computers with a bunch of workbenches in the middle where we can do projects in the middle but also utilize the computers as well to perform any projects or tasks or especially for my robotics kids um and on the floor next to one of the computers was a network switch to help get internet um to that set of computers because the configuration was a little odd and getting all of the um 
Ethernet ports were kind of difficult, so we had a network switch next to it. And I just told the student one day, like, hey, listen, like, I was signing with you. I said, hey, you're sitting here. Just be careful not to pull out that wire, because then you're going to lose internet for all these computers sitting right here. And that's not going to be ideal, because we need to use the computers, and we need the internet to do so. Well, later that day, or the next day, I forget, I got an email from his parents, or, from, yeah, from his parents, saying that his student, his child needs to be moved immediately because he was sitting next to a router and he did not want his child uh, exposed to any radio waves that um, the router was being put out, um, oh. which immediately was crazy. And <laughs> we're all, all, always exposed to him. And then uh, my immediate question was, well, does this, yeah, obviously I didn't send this email because I would just start something. But I was talking to my colleagues and we were all laughing about it. Uh, does your child have a cell phone and is he allowed to carry it? Because if so, then you're just projecting all these radio waves. Um, yeah. Anyway, like, not even realizing it. And uh, he was, he signed it, he made sure he signed it, doctor so and so, mm. to try and like, uh, move his weight around a little bit and mm-hmm. show that he's a little bit better than us. Oh. That's probably one of the crazier uh, parent interactions I've had. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so that's actually all of the questions I have for you. Um, is there anything you would want to share with our listeners before we finish our interview? Um, just, just know that uh, ideally, as teachers, you know, the, te- the students should always come first. Um, as many students as you have, like I last year alone, I saw over six hundred students. They're they're always my kids. Um, so I have like six hundred kids, and they always never stop really being my kids. Um, and just love what you do. Go go to work every day, happy, excited, um, and laugh with, but also at the children. So it makes your life and your day go much faster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very, very much, Mr. Ryan.